0: Hello everyone. Welcome to our side podcast. This is our third episode. I'm your co-host Laura Rios. Uh, Today we're going to be listening to an interview, Anna, one of our hosts, made to Dr. Ifoma Achebe and her daughter Nena Achebe. Dr. Ifoma Achebe is the lead medical officer of health for AHS Central Zone. Um, I hope that you enjoy this uh, conversation You're also going to get to hear the co-host's reactions to this conversation at the end of the interview. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for that introduction, Laura. My name is Anna. I'm the one who conducted the
1: interview with Nena and Ifoma in the context of Black History Month 2022. With this interview, we hope to provide our listeners with a deep insight into what it's like to be a black woman working in STEM, succeeding in STEM. And so I hope you enjoy it and learn as much as we did from it.
2: Hi, my name is Nenna and I'm currently a third year Master of Science student um, studying organic chemistry.
3: And hi, my name is Ifoma. i uh, Achebe um, Nena's mom. I'm a mother of three. Um, I am a preventive medicine specialist practicing in central Alberta. Um, I'm also an immigrant. I immigrated to Canada 18 years ago. Um, I will be sharing my story with you shortly. Nice, and so mother and
1: daughter, Yeah, Two beautiful women in science, (laughs) one at the beginning of her career, one in the middle of her career, (laughs) uh, and uh, mother-daughter, and I really wanted to um, have you both on this podcast to tell us a little bit about your experience as women in science and also uh, women of color in science. This is Black History Month, so let's celebrate with some... Super interesting stories of your lives.
2: Cool, cool. Thanks for having us, Anna. Um, Yeah, so as you heard, we're immigrants, my mom and I. Um, When we arrived in Canada, I was about six years old, and I was very young. Um, My two other siblings were younger than me at that. And all I remember was, you know, after coming home from school, at night my mom would be studying for these exams. Sometimes she had some of her um, pu- uh, her buddies come over and they would study together. Um, my sister back then, who I shared a room with, she would get up in the middle of the night to go find my mom <laughs> and bug her while she was studying. Um, so that was like the earlier years of our time in Canada.
3: Do you want to tell right. them what those exams were? Right, right. <laughs> I can tell you more about that. So being a foreign-trained uh, physician. Uh, You needed to take some exams in order to get your um, license or, you know, to be able to practice here. And so at that time, I was hoping or studying to get into the residency program, which was at that time very tough. Um, In fact, um, it was so hard that um, some people that I met, said, oh, why don't you just forget about it and go study something else, you know, um, because it's so difficult, you know, for for a physician, a foreign trained physician to get into uh, practice here. But I am the kind of person that, you know, um, When I set my goals, I try everything possible to see that I achieve those goals. And so I got introduced to uh, a a colleague uh, who was also from Africa, a physician as well, but has gone through the process. And she told me, you know what, it is hard, but it's doable. I did it. Um, And uh, if you can do it, if you work hard. So she, you know told me about the exams that you have to take, and guided me to get my materials, you know. And so I started studying. It wasn't easy at all, studying with three young kids. <laughs> my husband was, was was still working in Nigeria, and... Uh, would come in every three to four months so I was just alone with three kids and uh, the best time for studying will be at night when I'm done, you know, taking care of them, feeding them their dinners, putting them to bed. And fortunately for me, I found a study partner too online that was from, that was also an immigrant who was preparing for the same exam. so and she was also in a similar circumstance she had little kids and so we said okay fine let's you know make something work here so we started you know studying at night um, and that really helped we did our first exams passed did the second one passed uh, did the uh, part two and also passed and then they invited us for the interviews and Fortunately for us, we made it. Myself and my friend, my study partner, made it, and we went into residency. I went to the University of Alberta. Um, of course, being a person of color um, and someone who didn't even train in this system, it was very difficult for me. But thank goodness, I I went in through the program that is called Alberta International Medical Graduates uh, Program, and so. Before you start the residency, uh, they would do like three to four months of orientation. So, the orientation helped a lot. You know, it was kind of introducing you to the Canadian healthcare system and what it's all about before you start your actual residency. So, residency started. Um, it was a five-year residency. The first two years were clinical rotations. It was tough sometimes. I don't get to see my kids for two, three days. It's very true. <laughs> yeah, residency in itself is very stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending hours and sometimes days in the hospital. Um, you know, going traveling to different sites, um, walking. You know, um, with uh, people who, who. Uh, sometimes don't they don't even understand you maybe your accent or you know bias when you, they see someone of color coming over and you know those kind of things there's a lot of um, uh, you know issues that you have to navigate through right so uh, it wasn't it wasn't that easy but um, I was able to scale through um, yeah so um, b- being a woman woman of color and uh, Trying to strive to get into your career in a foreign country, I, I will tell you it's not an easy task. Um, um, but I with all the efforts and and the determination, um, I was able to uh, do that. Um, I know that one of the uh, difficulties that I had then was uh, um, you know finding someone who was like a role model. Uh, the, the the friend that I was introduced to at the early part of my uh, uh, you know entry into Canada was more like a role model to me and uh, you know initially before I met her I was having doubts you know um, no
1: kidding yeah <laughs> I was, a lot against you. yeah <laughs> I was having doubts but <laughs> when I saw
3: her I said okay this looks like this is gonna be doable right mm-hmm. so. Um, from, I would say that from my experience, um, any new immigrants coming in, um, first of all, uh, you need to be determined. You need to set your goals and what you want to do and also uh, strive hard to achieve that goal. Um, role modeling is very important. I like to uh, role model uh, for people coming after me. I, a lot of you know, new immigrants contact me and then I give them directions and then I leave that channel of communication open mm. for future questions. Mm. Um, that, that I, I, I can't just, uh, you, can't, you can't just underestimate the power of role modeling, right? Um, the other thing that I would say helped was um, focus groups. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So focus groups, uh, you know, with people, um That are in the same category as you, and by that I mean immigrants. So, immigrant focus group helps. That in those focus groups you can meet other people. They share their experience. You learn one or two things from them, and then you also build that you know confidence that Mm -hmm. you can do this. Um, And you know it's always good to tell your stories. You know when I tell my uh, immigrant friends. it's always good to, you know, share your successes. How did you get there? Just like I'm doing right now yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, when you share that story, when you share your story, it motivates um, people coming behind you. I really believe in that. And uh, when I when I said mention, um, when I mentioned mentorship. Um, it doesn't have to be formal, right? It can be an informal mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, just be available for people to support your fellow immigrants coming after you, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, be a source of support to them, right?
2: Right. Yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So you talked about, you know, gaining confidence from seeing um, other people like you succeed at what you want to do. When you first started your residency. Um, I'm going to assume that in your actual program, there wasn't that mentor there in your face every day. How like how was your confidence? Did it take you a while to feel like you, you deserved to be there, that you were, you know,
3: right. in the so, right spot? Yeah, I was particularly lucky. Um, I had a few... Uh senior my program to start with was a very small one. Right. And it was just starting out then. So I was in the second batch of residents. So the first batch of residents were just two people that were one year ahead of me. Right. Okay. And uh, so those two people were very um, nice, and even though they are not international grad- medical graduates, they, they were uh, able to uh, help um, nurture us and and you know show us the way, and that really helped to build confidence for me. Um, I've you know, I, I, but that's just in my program. Right. When you're when you're in residency, you you know you go to different rotations and meet different people, so outside of that you know sometimes you can meet people that will will judge you even before you say a word right uh so implicit bias comes in right okay just because you're immigrant oh she may not know this and those kind of things but i what i did was um i i always try to be one step ahead like you know trying to read I'd read up on the cases in the words yeah. and get ready for the rounds. And uh, and that way, um, when I'm asked a question, I'll try my best to answer. And I think that really helped. Yeah.
1: That sounds like an advantage of hiring immigrants. <laughs> if you're trying really hard right. to impress, you're going to be way more prepared than, mm-hmm. uh, than locals. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true.
3: I, yeah, I was trying to do too much, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah yeah but i I can tell you that in my first few rotations when I stepped into into that hospital at the university hospital in Edmonton, yeah I was very nervous, yeah I asked myself, and you know when when you look around and you don't see so many people that look like you you, you know you feel even more nervous yeah so um that was the first shocker for me. But I was, again, determined to succeed. But
1: was it a big difference? Because like, you said this was 18 years ago?
3: It was a big difference.
1: From now? From now. Yeah? Yeah,
3: it was a big difference. Yeah? Yeah. So while I was in residency, I was helping to teach medical students at the University of Alberta. So um, by the time I started teaching, maybe three, four years into my residency, I started seeing one or two, you know... Black students in the midst, so it was beginning to change, and I think now it's even more right. They have more black people, so that's good. But when I was there, um, everybody knew me when I came around, and you know, sometimes too, my during my uh, rotations in the hospital in the wards, you know, some people I don't know if it's it's all maybe. It's, part of the racism thing right and being judged right Um, with your stethoscope and my name tag doctor you know stating that I was a doctor resident doctor then they will still come to me and my scrubs of course uh, physician scrubs still come to me and ask me if I was the porter. You know, so, yeah, yeah. one particular one asked me, are you the potter? I'm like, potters don't hold stethoscope. (laughs) Then I just raised up my name tag and said, this is... He said, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's part of it. (laughs) And, oh, yeah, different things. It's just, I don't take those things to her because, you know, it's... I think it's part of being a minority in an area, right? You, you kind of uh, get all the attention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the best way is to develop thick skin and just, you know, go, go about your business.
2: Yeah, in a way, I kind of agree because you will face those as, a, like, a black person. You'll mm-hmm. face those microaggressions pretty often. As a woman, you'll face them pretty often, but it's all about learning how to deal with them. Right. So like the fact that you showed your name tag to that person and they read it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not a porter, mm-hmm. she's a doctor. Yeah. Right. You know, just being able to not cry or like be upset in the face of such but mm-hmm. like kind of stand up for yourself in a way that is useful mm-hmm. <laughs> for the situation and right. appropriate for right. the situation.
3: Right. And you know when you when you you have your mind focused on the goal, honestly those things that happen along the way of you achieving, trying to achieve that goal, wouldn't matter because you're still looking at the, the the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the fact that you were uh, treated in a way that is not fair, or yeah. you know, wouldn't still change that goal, right? You yeah. just have to keep remain focused. No,
1: yeah. I'm. Uh just being in grad school right now you know you also have a lot of stressors and stuff right and it's like okay i can make it for a few months but i'm in like year five right now i feel like <laughs> i'm falling apart right and i can't imagine just having that extra stress of people just not respecting you mm-hmm. um yeah did you do you have any like I know, like Nana here, she never cries. I <laughs> go through crazy things, <laughs> whereas I would fall. I fall apart like once a week. Oh my goodness! I've cried in front of my supervisor. <laughs> uh, any, well,
3: I mean, do you have it hurts. Any,
1: like, techniques to like develop this thick skin.
3: Well, <laughs> I just like again. I just like, you know. I just think about the ultimate goal. Whatever you say to me is not going to change it. So, you know, I, 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 you, talk, you call me a porter here, and fa- five minutes time when I'm done with the patient, I'll, I'll leave that place. I'll, I may never see you again. <laughs>
1: you know, so... Um, we have something called the imposter syndrome. Huh. <laughs> it's yeah, like It's you know like people are... <laughs> Asking you if you're the porter, like, that must be even stronger for you. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so imposter syndrome, I guess we can define it quickly, is, you know, you're in a position that you have earned, but internally you feel like you don't deserve to be
3: Right, there. right. So... Right. Uh, yeah, and it happens, really. It happens. There's, there was once in the clinic, too, that uh, uh, a lady who was on... Um, Layover. Uh, she's from the states, and I was working in a walk-in clinic at that time. So she was on layover, and I think this the child had some, you know, medical challenges. So they quickly got down, uh, searched for the closest walking in clinic. They came to me, and and uh, when I entered the room to see them, she she was like, "Are you the doctor?" Mm. <laughs> I said, yes, I'm the doctor. I was on my white coat, my stethoscope and my tag, right? So I said, do you have any problems uh, seeing me? Are you okay with seeing me? Or She said, oh. I mean, I said, no, you don't have to see me if you're not <laughs> comfortable seeing me, right? Mm-hmm. She said, oh, no, no, okay, 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 okay. I said, are you sure? <laughs> she said, yes. I said, okay. Then, you know, so... We did the consult, and uh, she finished and left. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Man, so.
1: <laughs> what a reaction. If someone was like, I don't want to see you because you're mm-hmm. a woman, I would yeah. freak out, yeah. probably go home, <laughs> yeah, right, on the spot. Yeah. But <laughs> that is,
3: yeah. I But, guess
1: it's a but I, I just
3: continued my work after she was gone, I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. yeah. So I see a lot of those things. Um, yeah, even right now in my workplace, um, the, we have a very good uh, H.S. I work with H.S. Uh, they have a very good uh, uh, what do you call it? diversity and inclusion program. So I'm actually there was actually a, pro, a project that I did on implicit bias mm. for the in, indigenous folks. I was I led that project. So um, I don't feel that way in my job. To say the fact, I really like my job. I like AHS. Uh, they don't take such things kindly. Yeah. So um, I think I'm lucky to be working in such a place.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And,
3: and that's just from my own, like, I mean, public health, right? And yeah. a- AHS is a very large organization. You never know what others are experiencing. But I'm just speaking for myself.
2: Yeah, I guess... It's one thing to say that each person's experience with, um, like, biases based on gender and, like, race is an individual thing at the end of the day. But I think it's good that we're, you know, celebrating Black History Month, for example. March is going to be Women's Month. All right. Just, like, a reminder that these inequalities do exist. And, like, you talked about mentorship. um, You talked about... um, Focus groups? Yeah, focus groups. You talked about, um, you know, just like visibility of Mm -hmm. someone doing something. right? And so having these celebrations, if you want to call it that, um, is a reminder to people of color, women that like, okay, look, there are people succeeding um, in this job or this dream that are just like you. But then it's also bringing bringing awareness to other people who really have no business even thinking about these issues that we can go through. Right. So they can know, like, hey, you know, if your workplace is having a, a celebration for Black History Month, don't be annoyed or be like, oh, whatever. They don't. Who cares? Don't right. don't say that. Like right. hearing these stories and seeing, like, how much that one mentor. Helped you, mm-hmm. you know, keep pushing right um, against all of the other voices that were telling you to change your dream career. Like, mm-hmm. that's what people don't know, right? Yeah, and aren't exposed to.
3: Yeah, so yeah, I, you're right. Um, I'm glad that you know we're having this discussion, and, uh, and there's no better time than during the Black History Month, yeah, uh, to have these discussions. And so, um, uh, if you're a person of color, um, and you're still wondering or thinking about your career and how you're going to go about it, just know that people like me um, have succeeded um, despite all the obstacles, and you too can succeed. Um, Just try to focus on your goals and find a mentor. Um, and 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 look up to that mentor. Okay, um, you know uh, it's always good. Like I also encourage my colleagues or immigrants who have you know succeeded in whatever career they they have chosen to always you know find ways to help the upcoming ones. Um, it's always good to tell your stories. They they always learn one thing or the other from your stories.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. One thing I want to share about my limited experience here in my budding career as a chemist. So, um,
1: doctor, <laughs> that, that's your ultimate goal. It right? is my ultimate goal.
2: <laughs> but um, so when I started at the U of C, there was one black female chemist. Um and I was very happy to see her. She was doing her PhD. She was actually an international student as well. So I I don't I'm not considered to be an international student, but um but she was from Ghana and I was very happy to see a woman like her, you know, doing chemistry in this degree because I I stepped in to the building. Um I looked through the websites of other chemistry groups and I was like, "Oh, there is like a There's just me as the black person Mm -hmm. and then two other people, but one of them's a woman. So that's cool. Uh, So that was exciting. And so, well, she went on to graduate and then I ended up being the only (laughs) woman, black woman chemist in our department. And then fast forward to this year or last year, 2021, um, my supervisor got approached by a student, an undergrad student looking for some lab um, experience, and she happened to be a young woman um, who was also black, and I was so excited. I was so excited that mm-hmm. she picked our group and like wanted to work with me because that was my opportunity to give mentorship to someone else um, like me, a budding uh, chemist, a budding scientist right um, so that was very. Very exciting for me right. to be able to give back, even if it
3: was just for one semester to mm-hmm. somebody else. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I, I know that kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, know, I definitely know that kind of feeling. Um, I think um, uh, I've. I, I even I, I sense it when I see residents of color uh, when they meet me. You know, they are very excited. You know, like oh, I didn't know. Uh, there's a person of color at this level. Um, oh, I'm so excited and they take all my information, you know, <laughs> text me, email me whenever they have questions and yeah, so I, 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 I'm with you. I know I, I really know how it feels. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't realize how um, important that mentorship is and how so many people don't even realize. Uh, that it's like a big part of your career. Right. Like, right. here you are just trying to make a living mm-hmm. and you have your career, but on top of this, you have all this unpaid work of mentoring yes. and inspiring people. That's just so much more energy than like a white male will mm. <laughs> have to expend in his career, right? <laughs> It yeah. just
2: shows up, you know, might not even work their full nine hours and gets to go home. <laughs> right. And that's Yeah, it. <laughs> whereas
1: you're mentoring, you're making contacts, you're mm-hmm. supporting people. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. People don't even realize how much extra work Ooh. and time you put into it. Yeah. You know, I know for women in academia, they end up putting in a lot of extra hours because students... Will approach women more with their like questions mm-hmm. and their worries right, and all that, right. and it, it's like significant. Mm-hmm. They, they did some research into it and
3: yeah. it's significant
1: the amount of extra hours you work. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah it's similar as well, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, similar.
1: Yeah, but you're not complaining.
3: I mean, you're both <laughs> super oh. excited
1: about it, oh, which is
3: amazing. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. And you know, I I was really glad to have, you know, met that mentor of mine. And after all the help uh, that I got from her, I vowed to be of help to any other person coming after me. and. I, I do it I still do it till tomorrow yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they call me here someone will say oh I know someone that just came in are you able to talk to her she just wants some guidance on the exams I said oh by all means give her my number let her call me we can have a chat and then they'll call chat
1: yeah mm-hmm. Nana was meeting a bunch of people when you were applying for med school Yeah, you had a lot of support there too yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah I did Hopefully it pans out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure it will. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk about your uh, presence career because you're so you're uh, working in the public sector. Public health. Yes. Public yeah. health. Public health yeah. and. Um, like, is it rare to have, like, a woman at a high position like yours or even, like, uh, someone of color, or are they pretty um,
3: good? Yeah, it's not common to see people of color, but okay. women, they, we've they seen have. women, yeah. yeah. Women they have. Yeah, yeah, we have women. But person of color, I remember when I first started in Central Zone. Um, of course, it's not as urbanized as Calgary or Edmonton. Uh-huh. So when I come in for meetings, they're like... They don't even pretend like...
1: Oh, yeah? Well, Central's on two red deer and all that. It's yeah. pretty white. Yeah. yeah, it is very yeah. white, yeah. yeah.
3: Even up till now. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still... Yeah, but I again, I got used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they introduced me, like, usually when I go for meetings or stuff like that, with the hall filled up, I'll be the only person, black person there. And then when... And most of those times, I would maybe have a presentation to make, and then when they introduce me, and then I get up and they're like, oh my God, how is she, right? So,
1: yeah. Do you think it's just like curiosity or just like what do you think that feeling the is?
3: People don't know when they do that, you know? Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. I mean, walking in Red Deer, it's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, I, it's, it, Again, they are not my bosses. I don't report to them. Mm. I'm not a student. They don't have to mark me. Mm. I just come in for meetings and say what I want to say and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes it easier.
2: You brought up something interesting there, like the the power dynamic that could potentially exist. Like you're not, they're not your boss. They're not, you're not their student. Mm-hmm. But. I guess, do you have any advice for people whose bosses are like that or who are students
3: in such an environment? you, You just have to manage yourself, right? Do your due diligence. Study hard. Don't give them reason to pick on you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I always try to, like Anna was saying, have to work hard and work harder than the next person. Yeah. Because, you know when you make just one mistake it will take blown out of proportion Mm. yeah that's
1: just so unfair though it is unfair
3: (laughs) it is unfair yeah it is unfair it's like the yardstick for measurement is different Mm -hmm. because you have a different color of skin Mm -hmm.
1: yeah do you find the, you, you mentioned the EDI, uh, like education that's going on in AHS, for example. Do you kind of see that going towards a time when, uh, when everyone could study equally before a residency day that somebody doesn't have to stay up all night <laughs> studying extra just to prove that they can do it? Well,
3: it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I, I, it's, it's going to come, right? Mm-hmm. It'll probably come. I, I, and I think it will get better with Nena's generation. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's actually, it's much better than when it was during my own time, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's gradually getting better. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And then plus, you guys, you don't have the accent, right? You have, <laughs> you have the accent, so that also helps. And, you know, when you talk and talk like them, but you're a bit more it's a bit more forgiving
2: mm.
3: right now you can't talk like them and you don't look like them mm. two things working against you <laughs> yeah it
1: just sounds so exhausting it is it
3: can be it is. It, is. it is but you know the best thing is not to dwell on it don't <laughs> dwell on your skin color don't dwell on your gender just Focus on your goal. Mm-hmm. Keep working hard to achieve your goal. And at the end of the day, you'll be happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, by being frustrated, you can't change it. You're mm-hmm. only giving people reason to be yeah. like, oh, of course she's going to get upset. She's a woman. Like, women are emotional. Right. <laughs> like, you don't right. want to give them that. Right, or right. whatever other stereotypes Yeah. are. I was
2: going to say, um, like, it's also... Being able, if you have the chance Mm -hmm. to put yourself in a position where you're not surrounded by, you know, people that make you feel like you're less than all the time. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like, for example, if your residency program is full of crappy people, it's probably going to be really hard to change out of it. But for other things that might be in more of your control You know, if it means changing to a different research supervisor or, like, trying Mm -hmm. to find a job in a
3: different place, there's always something better. Um, Yeah, but you can just keep hopping from place to place, right? Right? Because, you know, chances are that you'll meet people like that as well. You just have to. I think the best thing will be developing a thick skin and, uh, you know... Like being able to being able fight to yeah to yeah. A, or not fight back not I mean, fight but not like good. like hold
2: stand up for yourself a little
3: bit yeah stand up for yourself a little bit and and do the right things right so when you do the right things then they can't have anything to hold on to mm-hmm. right yeah
1: like so when you came here from Nigeria is this something you were like anticipating you're like okay I'm about to like fight for my life for years. <laughs> no, then
3: right now, when you turn on the t- television or the news, you hear about racism, uh, bias, and implicit bias, and so then it wasn't, a thing. it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. No,
1: so you were shocked. Yes,
3: <laughs> I was shocked, but I, but I knew it exists. Okay. Yeah, but. Yeah, I knew it exists. I think the other
2: shocking thing, too, is how it actually manifests in real life. A mm-hmm. lot of TV and media will have it seem like all like racist people are the ones that show up and try to beat you up physically at your door. But it's the more subtle things that will get to you mm-hmm. that can build up. It's not always someone like coming and hurling insults at you at your face. Mm-hmm. That's actually
3: rare. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I remember when I was going for interviews for my residency, it it, it was never a thing for me because I was going into the international medical graduate platform. So every every other person competing with me (laughs) was an international medical graduate. Uh Yeah, and then when I went for the interview, um, the panel were all white you know, they were white but then one of them took big interest in me because i went to her own school like in i did my master's in public health in, in epidemiology in the uk so she was also a graduate of that same school mm-hmm. so she was very excited and so she made me very comfortable during the interview. She said, "Oh my goodness, you went to my school. Oh, I'm so impressed. You did it. You even did it long distance. Oh, that's impressive. Mm. So mm. it was like the interview changed yeah. after I answered a few questions from the rest of the panel. The interview just changed, and yeah. they made me really comfortable. when I stepped out, mm-hmm. I knew i was I was going in, yeah, so with that mindset, I kind of knew that they were all white but they accepted me Mm -hmm. right so that really helped yeah yeah but then like i said it's just your program right yeah so the way residency works is that you rotate through other programs too yeah family medicine obstetrics psychiatry orthopedics yeah surgery you know you you rotate through other so when you go there you meet those people you don't have a choice some of them are good some of them are not yeah. right yeah, but you're true. only there for one month yeah four weeks so you're just like okay i'll just put up with this for the next four weeks i'll try my best and then move on
1: what if what if you were put somewhere for like longer and you did that ever happen to you
3: it didn't happen to me but it happened to a friend of mine yeah <laughs> she was she she was very unlucky yeah she's also a th- person of color right
2: yeah
3: yeah she had a very horrible experience
2: yeah they
3: didn't think she knew anything. They didn't think she would ever pass. Yeah. But this person, I knew I knew her from Nigeria. Very brilliant lady, PhD. Mhm. You know, before coming here, PhD, and very brilliant. It's not even a joke. Very brilliant. Yeah. But, they, but they just didn't want her to to pass. To pass. They said, oh, she doesn't know anything. Oh, she did this. Oh, uh, you know, and then and it was coming from her parent department. Mm-hmm. And so, if um, if uh, she if it's more difficult when it's from your parent department because that's where you go to eventually, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, you know, if you go for other rotations and they Mark you well. They give you good scores. They come. She comes right Oh no, you cannot be you. Mm-hmm. You know those kind of mm-hmm. things. So it was really tough for her. But guess what? She took the exams. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> went. She went behind that. and took the exams and passed.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure.
3: And the, and the exam is uh, is like uh, the certification for for physicians, right? So she took that exam and passed. And by the time her program knew she took it, she had already passed. And this was the same person that, and that exam is not an easy exam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's that called? Mer- meritocracy. Yeah. Where you. Yeah. You, you prove, but like, not, there's not a lot of, there's some careers where you can't. Yeah. You can't like pass a test to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. It really is like about mm-hmm. those people yeah, that those have people. to approve you. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but thankfully our doctors (laughs) are people that prove themselves with their actual knowledge. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Yeah, yeah.
2: I wonder if anything happened to her. What did you call it? Her parent specialty. The people in charge. Nothing. No, she didn't. She.
3: And that's the thing again too. Like uh, the system, when you report those things without really like they 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 still say oh yeah they must have marked you down because they think you are not good so it's it's not it's, mm. it's not objective it's very subjective right so
1: well, same with us, graduate students. Like, the biggest fear is uh, what your supervisor is going to say about right, you at right. the end. And it's like, it all depends. Well, you could have papers published, which yeah. really helps. But, but even still. <laughs> your supervisor's word, and like just the way they word that letter of reference, mm-hmm. it's all about that. Yeah. That's kind of scary. It is scary. Yeah. It is scary. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it happens. It does happen, but um, again, uh if you if, if you're an immigrant try as much as possible to blend yourself in with the rest
2: um, but also stand out <laughs> um, by doing more, <laughs> by doing more, yes, thank you. Just,
1: just don't let them catch you. Yeah, <laughs> but so, th- so don't so much pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. You just, you just need to blend, and that's what I kept. When my friend was doing that, I said, I, I "That was what I kept telling." I said, "Just, just blending, just, just blend why, so that they don't pick on you." Because the worst thing that can ever happen to you is being picked on, right? So just blend in if they are doing ward rounds join them if they are coming in the, out in the evening to uh, learn a few things on their own join them you know
1: your daughter is about to enter the world of uh, medicine in Canada mm-hmm. very soon <laughs> do you have any words of advice you would give her
3: well i mean lucky you you don't you don't need to go far to get find a role model so <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> So that's good. Um, Well, the advice that I'll give her is, you know, like I've been saying a lot this evening, um, to always focus on your goals. Don't let anybody um, convince you that you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You're as good as... All your the efforts that you've put in, and uh, um, medical school requires a lot of efforts, and so uh, you have to work hard. Um, and uh, don't think, don't focus too much on you know whether you're looking at you as a person of color or not. Uh, focus more on achieving your goals and. Working hard to prove that your the skin, skin of your color does not matter. That you you know the stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. That's that's my advice.
2: Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, I get I get to uh, apply all of this advice and take it in
1: very soon. You <laughs> you won't back down. I know you. <laughs> You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Thanks.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, well, this is fun. Yeah,
1: this was really fun. Thank you so much for you're opening welcome. up about your experience you're and you're for joining me on this interview. Thank you, Nena, for your... Th- this was a really beautiful conversation. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us again. Thank you <laughs> for having yeah. us,
3: yeah. 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 yeah, thanks for thinking about us.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, gonna, let's go have some yams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> All right, so a few days after this interview, my co-hosts had a chance to uh, listen to it, and uh, we recorded a little bit of the conversation we had afterwards. Let's have a listen.
0: So what did you think? Maybe I can start. I think um, something that I already like about this interview was like, Getting to hear a perspective of a woman that was um, not necessarily going through the same issues that many other people went through. And uh, I really like her message of like trying to keep your mind on a a goal, you know? Like if you have a set goal, try not to comments or things get in the way. And I really like, and I, I, I don't know, like I was surprised on how resilient she was on like a couple of examples that she gave during the interview like one of them that she was assumed to be the porter I was like and you know like she didn't take it personal she was like I mean no this is finding a way of not being rude you know like especially not being rude but not taking it personal because that allows you to to answer to that situation a lot more like with a lot less, like a lot less aggressive. I think that's very important, you know, Mm. because when you come to aggressive, that again, people start creating those stereotypes. Whereas if you just say, hey, no, like, hey, I'm a doctor, but I could help you. You know, like I could show you where the door is, something like that. I really like that about her. And in general, I really admired her only from listening to that conversation.
4: No, absolutely. I completely agree with Laura. it was really inspiring to hear her thoughts, her experiences, and her stories. Um, one thing that struck a chord in my heart or brain is that she did talk a lot about the power of mentoring. Mm-hmm. She talked about about the importance of stories and how important it is to share your stories so that people don't feel alone. So that mm-hmm. they don't think that they are the only one who are going through it and they have some role model to look up to, right? I loved how even when she was preparing for exams, she talked about having a group of people who study together. It's it kinda like shows the power. It's just like, you know, you don't you're not alone or like, you know, you can achieve your goals while working together. Like, you know, you don't have to achieve success by yourself. Like, yeah. you know, you can achieve success with the support of people. It's not hard, right? So so really loved how she talked about mentoring because I, I really feel like like having a role model is really critical in your life. Mm -hmm. And I've always understood the importance of it, but you know, hearing it out loud from a person who's really successful and is a person of color is, you know, super powerful for me. I, I, yeah, I got a lot of inspiration from it for sure.
5: Yeah, me too. It was really interesting to see, like, as a immigrant and a color woman of a color, how she was like setting up her goals and how she, how determined she was, and like, especially about the focus groups. So I didn't think about that before that much. I know it's good to have like focus groups, but like after listening to her talk, I like I really understood like how important like you to be in a focus group and like how it's like helping you to reach your goals Mm -hmm. and uh, vice versa like when you are in a position of mentoring then how you can help the others like through these groups so that's what I really liked Yeah. yeah
4: absolutely one more thing that I really liked is how she kept on saying that you know you have to focus on your aim just focus on your goal no matter what I think it's, it's the same everywhere, in your job, grad school, doesn't matter where you are. You will get beaten down from time to time. Either it's you, by you know, you mm-hmm. overthinking or by people. Unintentionally or intentionally, it doesn't matter. But it's all about just focusing on achieving your goal, you know. Always stand up, that's what she said, yeah. right? I kept on working hard and here I am, so you know. Yeah, I like hearing this out loud just uh, makes you feel like, you know, it's not impossible. You can actually uh, achieve your goals, no matter yeah. what
1: yeah what struck me the most, I thought to me, I thought it was just so heavy the burden she has to carry because not only you know did she have to prove herself to be a uh, fit for medical school and her residency and all that, but through it all she had to stay cool uh, she she kept saying the phrase You have to develop a thick skin yes yes, yes, yes. and it just seems like so much work to just not only build your own career, but also set an example mm. and not give anyone any chance to judge you or yeah. stereotype you. So it just felt like a, a big burden on her, but she seems to carry it very stoically.
4: I feel like what we can do for ourselves is just, you know, learn to stand up, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Keep, on, keep on working towards your goals.
5: And she, I, I really, like, I was happy with the statement she was selling One time I was selling like, so fighting back then she said no it's not fighting back you're standing for yourself yes. so i was like wow yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: self-respect people self-respect yeah. Yeah. it takes i feel like you know i mean it must have taken a lot for her to earn that you know self-respect it takes a lot mm. so once you have that you should not lose it for anything mm-hmm. in the entire world i think i tell this to everyone even in my family i mean like you know it takes a lot of effort yeah. to have respect for yourself yeah, yeah. and
0: again going back to like uh, sharing a story right because just uh, getting to her her like getting to hear her story allow us to reflect on so many things and even take it as a, an inspiration and see it as, hey like you know like if anyone is going through a rough situation or has been in, in a like maybe hasn't been respected or doesn't feel like they're in the right place I think listening to these stories are very empower like empowering. So I'm really glad that we got the chance to listen to her story.
1: Yeah, for sure. And this seems like a good place to wrap things up. So I wanted to once again, thank Nena and her mom, Ifoma Achebe, for giving me their time and giving us so many insights into their lives as black women working in STEM. Uh, it was a real pleasure to uh, have them both uh, give me an interview. And thank you to my co-hosts, Laura, Thelina, and Millen for their wonderful insights uh, into this conversation and into the issues of EDI in STEM.
0: Great. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, wait for more episodes. We have got a lot of interesting episodes coming up shortly. So keep on listening and we'll keep on giving. Have a good night. Bye bye. Good night, good morning, good afternoon. See you guys soon.
1: Thank you. Bye.
4: The UC Side podcast is created and hosted by Anna Nijvetska, Milenpreet Carr, Laura Rios, and Thelina Javardina at the University of Calgary, Alberta. The theme song is called Better Than Chocolate by Drift Mob Orchestra. Please visit our website at ucalgaryside.org for more information about us or follow us on Twitter at ucalgary underscore If you have any comments about this episode, any ideas for future ones, or just want to say hello, please reach us via email provided
3: in the bio, and let's talk.